Hello, Marquette basketball fans. Welcome back to the Golden Break. We've had a little bit of a hiatus here from cancellations and holidays, uh, but it's good to be back on the pod. Happy New Year to all of you from everyone here on the production team, Mike Keegan, Jeff Jubilina, Matt Micus. Big shout out to them. One of the production staff out in the house today giving us a breakdown of the action live. Um, but let's talk about the first half. Uh, you know what it felt like to me? Uh, I stink at basketball. Let's let's start with that. But when you go to the gym and you haven't picked up a ball in about two months, uh, you start dribbling it. You do that first time between your legs. It goes off your back heel and sprays down to the other side of the court. You jump into your first pickup game and just absolutely lost. You're chucking it out of bounds. Uh, that's what it felt like to me. Uh, you could almost like feel that rust on this team. Really from bro- both teams. I mean, it's been 15 days since Creighton has played. 10 days since Marquette has played. Uh, and I mean, it showed. We had nine turnovers for Creighton in the first half of this game. Eight turnovers uh, for Marquette in the first half. It was a rough start to this. Um, you can see that rhythm was a huge problem. Uh, a couple of moments where I think that was very apparent. There was a time Tyler uh, got himself kind of stuck in no man's land. Uh, he looked over and, and Justin was standing in the corner. Uh, he was open and TK did a bounce pass out to the wind thinking that Lewis was going to come up and shoot up the arc. Uh, that's a perfect example of just not feeling each other out when you're not playing that long when you have that big of a hiatus in between games, it's a perfect example of, you know, a guy, two guys looking at each other and not feeling out where they're going to be on the court. You could say that actually really for, for Marcel too, for, for the vast majority of this half. Uh, you could tell that he hasn't played even longer than 10 days. He's been out for a really long time and on the offensive side of the ball, you could definitely see that in his game. He continues to finish or continues to struggle to finish at the hoop through contact. Um, This is a lot of what I felt like I've seen in general from him. I really need a two-foot jump stop from him at some point. He is just constantly north-south. And Creighton was doing a nice job of really walling us up at the hoop. And Marcel wasn't the only one struggling for us to score at the hoop. The entire team was struggling to score at the hoop. I mean, we were 37% from the field uh, in that first half. We couldn't really break through that uh, double team around the basket or the physicality around the basket. It really wasn't until the last six minutes of the first half where I felt like we were st- the vision was starting to come back. Uh, when we were getting doubled in the post, we actually had a couple of nice dumps to Oso where he was able to, to finish because uh, we, we just weren't seeing in the first 15 minutes of this game, we weren't seeing anything being open. And it was taking a really long time for us to get into our action as well. There was one point where Elliot was standing out on the wing. Uh, Oso was on the weak side block. No, actually it was Kerr. So Kerr was on the weak side block. And I was counting in my head. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. Of everyone standing there, Elliot holding the ball, 
took four seconds until Kerr recognized that he should have been sprinting up to the block to set the ball screen. Um, those are the types of things that just absolutely crush your offense's ability to get into any kind of momentum. We also saw it in transition in the first half. Uh, there was a, a possession that was a perfect example of our continued struggles in transition, but I think especially on a long hiatus like this, uh, Mitchell had a very easy turnover right in the middle of the court. Starts coming up, had numbers. It was like three on one. And he gets over to the free throw line and just stops dribbling. Um, he had the ability to pull a defender with him to the hoop, but stops, kicks it out, gives Creighton the opportunity to come back, and then we have to go into a half-court set. Uh, that is the kind of stuff that made it very difficult to watch this first half. Um, Stevie is really struggling to be aggressive. Uh, he's got to play. You know, having Cam out today, you felt that. Um, you very much felt that because Stevie is really having a hard time uh, being aggressive with the ball. I've heard Shaka in past interviews talk about how sometimes these freshmen are playing like a deer in headlights. And I think that applies to Stevie more than anyone else. And I've been, you know, a big fan of Steve's. I think there's plenty of time for him to come around. This is just calling out what was going on in the first half. Um, but he, because he is so timid with the ball, it's hard for him to even get the ball deep into the paint. If you looked at his takes, they were like from five to seven feet from the hoop. He's throwing up these floaters. One of them went in. Um, but a lot of the other ones were just these errant shots that I don't want to see him make. And it's not always about Stevie having to score at the hoop, but because he is so timid at even trying to pressure the ball towards the hoop, it makes it easy for the defense to not have to send a second defender because he's not really drawing any real attention from anybody else on the court. We need to see him get more aggressive. It felt like in the first half, those the, the last six minutes I've talked a little bit, we, we started to make a comeback. Um, we were making some tough shots. They, we, we had some lucky shots. Daryl Morsell's and one take to the hoop where his body was twisted. He throws up, goes in, gets the foul, thank goodness. Misses the free throw, but that was the beginning of us starting to see um, the shift in our offense. A great back cut by Stevie Mitchell. I want to give him some credit for that. That was one thing he did a really good job of. And that was something that I thought, man, where is the cutting action off the ball? Anytime we were getting doubled, nobody was cutting. Uh, anytime that there was a ball screen, our, even our screeners weren't cutting hard at all to the basket. When I saw Stevie do that, I started to think to myself, you know, if the dribble drive isn't there, let's start back cutting off the weak side. I want to see if maybe they, they get into more of that. I hope they get more into that into the second half of the game because in the first half, that just wasn't there. Um, but in those last six minutes, that was really great when we saw Stevie make that uh, off the back cut. We had Oso with the bank shot. We had you know Daryl Marcel with the bank three. 
I mean, we definitely had some lucky shots that were going in, but we also had some really tough ones. I thought it was good to see TK make that left-hand runner at the hoop in that last six-minute mark to kind of keep us in this game. You know, he I want to see him just score more at the hoop. He's got some nice moves down there, uh, especially with him continuing to struggle in three. He missed another wide-open shot in trans on three. Uh, where I think Stevie actually made the right decision in slowing up and not going to the hoop. I'm not sure if he made the right decision or just his timid play stopped him um, and saw that he had TK open. But again, something I've been seeing a lot with TK's fundamentals and his shot on that one in particular, when you watch him go up, you see his feet separate and he lands with his motion going forward. He is still struggling to get that straight-up motion when he is shooting the ball. Um, and, and especially in here in trans, you could tell his momentum was going so quickly. He just has a hard time setting himself and getting the shot up off quickly. But I thought it felt good for us to at least keep this to 30-24 at half. Starting in the second half, the first four or five minutes were brutal. Uh, it kind of left me with this sinking feeling in my stomach like... This is not going to be our night. Um, not only did Creighton hit three threes, but they hit them on absolute terrible closeouts. Um, two of them were actually terrible closeouts. Another one was David Joplin just absolutely losing his defender off the ball. He was just staring at the ball handler, staring at the ball handler. And you've got to keep your head on a swivel looking at where your guy is too. Actually, it's something... If you watch Tyler when he's off the ball guarding, he's really good. He'll look at the ball, look at his defender. He, his head is always moving. Our young guys don't do that. Joplin lost a guy. Uh, and I, I don't know at that point, I would have done anything to have, hear what Shaka said um, on the sideline when they get into the timeout at the 16-minute mark and they're down 44-29 because – uh, he had to have chewed their asses out. It was it was all about effort. Uh, it wasn't even just being sluggish at this point. It was about effort. Uh, and the game changed very quickly when we came out of that timeout. The play that the first offensive set that we had coming out of that was Oso with the dribble drive dunk. That was absolutely nasty. Uh, that was the momentum turner. That was the energy turner. I think between that and what Shaka said there at the timeout really turned this team around because uh, before the next TV timeout, when they get the game to 46-38, they go on a 7-0 run. Uh, and it's really, it, it comes on the defensive side of the ball. Some things we started to see them do differently um, were they were attacking the dribbler far more than they were in the first half. They were playing much more aggressive with the ball handler. They were blitzing ball screens and sprinting back to the big to kind of start to disrupt some of their offensive system. And it was definitely working. It was also, too, when we started to see the full court or three-quarter court pressure come back. I, I don't think we saw any of that in the first half. It was a little weird for us to, to not see us play that type of pressure until late in the game. That just hasn't been our M.O. I don't know if it was these guys haven't played in a while. I want to watch their legs. You know, being out Cam Jones, you know, one less guy. And so maybe you want to see them keep their legs. But 
that three-quarter court pressure seemed to correlate with their energy on the defensive side of the ball completely stepped because the, the second half, or I should say the last 15 minutes, and even into overtime, you know, this team played much better defense just simply on effort. I want to know what the strategy was to pull back on that three-quarter press until that much later in the game. That's just something we haven't seen from this team up until this point, but I think was a part of really, this was a defensive effort, more way more than this was an offensive effort that got us back into this game. Um, when we pulled it within four uh, at the seven-minute mark and we were up, uh, we were down 48-44, we went on a 17-0 run. We kept Creighton to four points over a nine-minute span. Um, you know, our offense in that in those sets there were much more just tougher baskets at the hoop. Uh, it was nothing really pretty. It didn't really get pretty until TK and Oso started playing that beautiful screen and roll game where really TK kind of threw them on their back, threw Marquette on their back. He was the reason that they jumped back into the lead uh, as this game was kind of winding down. It, it, it was very clear at that point that what TK was being able to do is not only was he scoring a little bit, because, and I think that, and I, I talked about in the first half, you know, it, it's good to see him score, but why that was specifically good against Creighton is because off the screen and roll, Creighton was dropping and they were protecting the hoop, making it really difficult in the first half for us to score at the basket. Or even in the lane, it was forcing us to take a lot of pull ups. TK scored, I think, one or two baskets early, and, and it was attracting the big to step up. TK was finally getting the big to get engaged, and it was allowing him to give Oso much easier looks at the hoop. In fact, after the first two Oso uh, dump-offs, he hit a fed. TK hit, did another screen roll, and he hits a nice little fadeaway. That is what really makes this offense go because now you can really keep teams honest. So that was probably the prettiest offensive basketball we saw in this game. Let's talk about the last play of regulation. First, uh, kudos to Coach McDermott. I thought he did a really nice job. There was about 15 seconds left for Marquette to uh, get the last shot off. And McDermott had plenty of fouls to give and was able to, I think, had two or three consecutive fouls that left Marquette with only about five or six seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, so that was really good coaching on McDermott's part to, to limit uh, Marquette's ability to get into an offensive play. So they go on a side out of bounds, and the you know from listening to Shaka's post game, they were trying to get the ball into TK, and Creighton was in a full denial, and that just wasn't going to happen. They get it to Oso, who then looks for TK, finally gets it to him. They can't get anything. They get it to Lewis, who has you know they did a great job of closing out and forcing him to have to pump fake. It was really the play got blown up. I think, you know, I don't like how singular that inbounds plays was from Shaka. They were so desperate to get the ball to Tyler that they didn't have a secondary action ready to go. Um, it would have been nice to see maybe someone rolled the basket if the inbounds isn't there. You know, let Oso roll to the hoop and have Lewis step up. I think you need a secondary action when you know they're going to be in full denial to your number one ball handler. It's very clear that when the ball is in Tyler's hands, our offense runs better. So it makes sense that Creighton's going to come into a full denial. 
So you have to be ready for that and have some action to play off of that. Um, I really did not like that inbounds play uh, from Shotguy. I think we could have added another layer to that. We missed the shot, and we go into overtime. We get into overtime, and, and the defense really turns the screws. I mean, it was just block city. Um, we were shutting them down, forcing ugly shots. Uh, TK hits that huge three coming out of OT. At that point, I'm like, I was jacked up. I was like, here we go, man. This is this is exactly what we need. I actually thought we played that first OT pretty well. Creighton hit a couple of tough shots. Um, and, and we have the lead with, what, four, five seconds left in the game. And, and this is the play that I think probably most people are going to be talking about. You know, I, I try not to look at Twitter until after I record the pod just because I want to make sure that I'm not repeating someone else's narrative. But I'm sure there's some chatter about what happened in those few seconds there. First, let's talk about to foul or not to foul. That is the question. Um, do you foul there on the ground, force them into uh, two shots at the line when you have a three-point lead? Uh, and, you know, in the post-game interview, Shaka said, you know, usually under six seconds, that's something that we do. But I've been in positions before where I have fouled. We told the team to foul, but they're in a shooting position, and all of a sudden now they have get three shots at the line. He's like, I've lost games that way. I've, I've won games that way. Uh, I understand that mentality. Um, you know, I, I also thought to myself, well, what about a foul off the ball? Is that something that maybe we want to think about in that situation there? Um, I, to me, I think you, you can foul because even if you look at what happened when Oso was defending the ball handler when the ball was inbounds, the kid was was further than an NBA three. He wasn't taking that shot. Oso like completely just walls him up. Like he's for sure, absolutely. That's the shot the guy's gonna take. Dribbles right around a statue. Oso, who is not ready for him to make that ball fake. I would have liked to seen if if that kid's dribbling foul. That's that's the place. Oso standing straight up in the air. Like instinctually, I think that was a good chance to foul, but. Listen, if your coach tells you not to, you're, you're not going to do that. So I also can understand that. But I think it was a combination of I, I, I think you got to let the kids decide, too, when the best time is to foul. Like, if this happens, you know, put yourself in this position. But there was no reason for Osa to also wall up that three that far with that much time left on the clock, knowing that he could still get himself into a dribble shot position. He gets over and the kid makes the shot. I mean, it's a great shot. It, it's, it was an awesome play. And, you know, at that point, you could just feel the air get, get sucked out from Marquette, which is unfortunate because Creighton played like, what, six, seven dudes? I mean, their starters played the vast majority of this game. And you would think going into double OT when we're going, you know, 10 deep, 11 deep, that we're not going to be the team that runs out of energy. And we were the team that ran out of energy. And, that hurts because especially in the second half, I mean, we had one successful offensive possession in the entire second. I'm sorry, in the second OT, we only had one successful uh, scoring possession in that time. And and to me, it was about legs because we were just missing threes. We were missing wide open threes. We were settling for threes. We weren't really getting into an offensive system at all. 
Like we were the team that ran out of gas. And what disappoints me about that is we weren't a team that had, we weren't pressing the accelerator in the first half of this game. It wasn't like that was the, you know, that was a team. We've seen the team play 40 minutes before. We did not play 40 minutes tonight. I mean, if you really want to talk about why we lost this game, we did not play 40 minutes. You can't have a first half like that. If we, for this whole season, this is the first game I felt like we did not play hard for 40 minutes. We beat Creighton any other game this year because we could have absolutely outplayed them, but we let them hang around in the first half. The kid made a shot at the end of OT, and and we stopped putting our foot on the accelerator in the second overtime, settling for shots. We were getting out-rebounded then at that point. I mean, when you look at the offensive rebounds, I think they had like 19, Creighton did. Um, no, that was it 19. I mean, they had a lot of offensive rebounds. Now I got to know because 17, yes, 17 offensive rebounds. Uh, that ain't going to cut it. I mean, and again, if you don't play 40 minutes, these are the things that are going to sneak up later on and get you. We could question some of these calls. I don't know that this was Shaka's best game either. I didn't like some of the lineups either. Uh, Elliot had really weird minutes. I think we started the second half with very limited minutes from Marcel. He seemed to, he was out of the game after first five minutes. I'm wondering if they were reacting to him uh, coming off of COVID and him trying to get his legs underneath him as well. I do, you know, we do know that COVID is a respiratory thing. So I don't know maybe if he was feeling gassed. Um, but the lineups today were very weird. Um, they didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me throughout this game. Um, it's been obviously, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about lineups up at this point and we've seen a lot of configurations. We've talked about figuring things out, but in this one, it just seemed like we had the wrong guys in at the wrong time. Uh, this was a really tough loss, uh, winless still now in the big East. We really needed to beat a fringe team like create a, a team that, we're better than like we win this game. If we play 40 minutes, this game doesn't go to overtime. We win this game by double digits. If we play at 40 minutes of basketball, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, but when you only show up for the second half and really actually the only last 15 minutes of the second half, uh, and the overtimes, like you're not going to win games like that. Uh, this was a hard one. This was a tough one to lose. There's a lot of built-in excuses. You know, we were off for 10 days. Uh, we've got Cam Jones out. We're getting more sellout who's been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, I get all of that, but we did need this win. Um, we really, to, to, to make some hay come, if we want to get in the dance, we don't want to be a bubble team. Uh, these are the games that we're going to have to win, and it doesn't get much easier. We got Creighton on Tuesday. I'm sorry, we got um, Providence on Tuesday, a very impressive Providence team so far this year. Uh, we cannot come out like we did in this game here, and let's hope that we don't. It's good to be back. It's been a minute since I've gotten to, to do the podcast. It's been a long break, uh, but we'll be back this weekend. We'll do a breakdown of both. Maybe we'll have a guest on. We'll see. We'll reach out to some people, see if we can get out here. Again, Happy New Year to everybody. Stay safe in the snow. We're getting pounded over here. So so tough loss, but we're going to bounce back. We'll be back with you all this weekend to break down both games this week. 
Thank you for joining us, the greatest fans in college basketball. We out.